Everybody wants to say good morning when they get up. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was and is and is to come. The King of glory. The one who spoke the world into existence. The one who came to dwell in flesh and be among us as one of us so that we might understand the mind of God. Not just to read, not just to hear, but to see the mind of God in action. To be able to know him intimately, personally, to reach out and to touch him, to listen to him, to witness what he does and what he says. This is who Jesus is, not the one of comic books, but the one of reality. Jesus, the creator, the preserver, and the governor of all things. Everything that was made was made by and through him, amen? And for him, we are, he is the one that we shout hallelujah to. He is the one that we cry when we're in our darkness. He is the one that we sing when we're on the mountain of happiness. He is the one that we seek when we don't know which way to go. Amen? He is the one who whispers to us when we're afraid and comforts our very soul. It is him and him alone. And so many times people seek to replace him, to usurp his throne, to put someone else there. Maybe a confidant, maybe a spouse, maybe a counselor, maybe a president, maybe someone else takes the place of who Christ is in our lives. And every once in a while, usually around, I don't know, 10.30 on a Sunday morning, we come and we begin to placate the God of the universe again with sometimes our feeble and unfounded praise. Because you see, sometimes it is only here amongst us that we shout out his glory. It's only here that sometimes we recognize who he is. But it's almost at times, it's a false recognition. And how do we know this? Because the people of God, the very chosen one of Israel, exemplified that on this day. Now, let me take you back all the way to King Jehoshaphat. Right? All the way back to where the people of God had to go out and fight an overwhelming odd foe, right? They were outnumbered almost two to one. But yet, they went into battle anyway, and this was their battle cry. And I need you to join me in it. Is that okay? Would you participate this morning? So if you would, if you turn to Psalms 136 with me. Psalms 136, I'm going to read the first part of the scripture, and I need you to read the second part of the scripture. Now, in this, in this scripture, this, this battle cry, if you would, it repeats something 26 times. Now, we're not going to go all through 26, all right? But I do want you, I do want you to sort of Put yourself in the position of a soldier going into battle against a foe that outnumbers us, but marching undauntedly, we shall go. Are you ready? Now, work with me here. 
Psalms 136, starting with the first verse. I'll read the first part. You read the second part. Imagine yourself where we are. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. All good. Give thanks to our God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. To him all long, alone, does, <coughs> alone does great wonders. Excuse me. Who by his understanding made the heavens. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. Who made the great lights. The sun to govern the day. The moon and stars to govern the night. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt. And brought Israel out among them. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Who him who divided the Red Sea asunder. And brought Israel through the midst of it. But swept Pharaoh and the army into the Red Sea. To him who led the people through the wilderness. To him who struck down great kings. Oh, my friends. Does that boil your spirit a little bit? To remember who God is. To remember what he's done. And to allow that memory to be processed through the synapses of our brain. Working down through our stem begin to vibrate our very vocal cords and express out loud to everyone that God's love endures forever no matter what. Amen? No matter what. No matter what we face. No matter how we feel. You know, when I was, uh, when I was an area commander... It started as when I was a corps officer uh, in, in uh, where was it? It was, it was uh, Salisbury, Maryland. I heard for the first time this person at Chick-fil-A say to me, it's my pleasure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's my pleasure. And I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. And I drive up to the window, and the person said to me, it's a great day here at Chick-fil-A. How are you today? And that impacted me. And so I began to say, that's how we're going to answer our phone. Right? We're just going to do that. We're going to say, when somebody calls the Salvation Army, it's a great day here at the Salvation Army. How can I help you? Now, as I was explaining this to my employees, and as I've done since then, when I've introduced this, they're saying, well, it's not, I don't, I'm not having a great day. Right? And I'm not going to lie on the phone. <coughs> I mean, I feel pretty, you know, pretty bad today. And I have to remind them that the message is, it's not about you. <laughs> not about you. It's about the Salvation Army and the scope of what we're doing around the world and touching lives. Eternity is being changed somewhere in the Salvation Army. And that's news for praise. Amen? It's a great day at the Salvation Army. And you know, as they began to use this phrase, you know what happened, right? 
days got better. Because it forced them to take their eyes off of their own suffering and look and think about the greatness of the organization in which they were working for. And there are times, my friends, that we have to remind ourselves that it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about what we're going through. It's not about how we feel. It's not about our finances. It's not about who sh- what she said about me. It's not about us. It is about the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the host of glory. It is about him. It is our focus. It, we, we remind ourselves that God's love endures forever. Have you ever had an experience where you really had to trust God? When you really had to put your faith in him and he came through. I know I have. I know what that experience felt like. Now, there are people in my own family and my, and my friends that would want to explain that away in some fashion. Well, the doctors gave you the right medicine. You know, something else happened in order to make sure this happened, this person did that, and you were just at the center point of all these happenings. And to that I would say, I buy that. But you know who was the author and the finisher of all of that? <laughs> you know who put all of that in motion? The one who promised never to leave me or forsake me? The one who says if I call upon him, he will hear me from heaven and he will respond? All of this wraps up because every day I walk through life, I see God's goodness. To those who are righteous and know the righteous one, all things are sacred. For those who do not know him, Nothing is sacred. For we who know Christ see the invisible hand of Christ working through everything in our lives to bring about our good. Amen? We see that and we recognize that and we're able to give praise to him. I recognize that to be the the strength of the Salvation Army. You know what we used to, our, 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 you know how uh, we have the, the Salvation Army doing the most good, that tagline, that promise there, that community promise? Do you know what people used to call us? The, not the Salvation Army. They used to call us the Hallelujah Army. We were the Hallelujah Army. Now, why would people outside of the walls of the Salvation Army use that type of, type of nomenclature to describe us? Anybody have a clue? Close? Very close. It's because we said it all the time. <laughs> it, was part, it was part of our verbiage that we said all the time. Something, well, hallelujah. You know, got a, got a flat tire. Well, hallelujah. You know, well, you know, somebody gave us a great donation. Hallelujah. You know, our lights went up. Well, hallelujah. You know, it was, just, it was just flowing out of us, which piqued the interest of the those around us. How can people... Be so happy and so joyful and so thankful for everything that happens in their lives. I need some of that. Right? Because my life sucks. Right? I don't, everything, I feel like I'm a victim of every circumstance in my life. And these guys are always shouting hallelujah. These guys are always singing praises. These guys are always seeming that that God is in control. I need some of that. Now let's look back at our scripture. 
Here we find Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And all things have just happened. He just worked some miracles, just gave a great sermon, just cursed a fig tree. You know, all this stuff was going on in his life because as the good captain said earlier, he knew the significance of this day. This day, this Palm Sunday that we call it, this celebration of who Christ is, this pronunciation of all those who were in Jerusalem, of who he was, he knew this from the very beginning of time. He knew that that colt was be tied up right there. That's why he was able to say to his disciples, you go down there, you get it. Can you imagine somebody, you know, rolling up on your door and saying, hey, listen, I need that Mustang. <laughs> The master needs it. Who? What? You know? Can you imagine somebody rolling up on your doorstep and taking your mode of transportation and you just giving them the keys and say, yeah, you can do whatever you want with that. Right? Now, I've seen some of your cars. Some of you would give them away and some of you would not. <laughs> you know? However, it happens. And Jesus strolls into town. And as we've already learned, this Hosanna, this cry that began to reign, they understood, they were good, they were good, if we say church-going church growing people. They had studied, you know, the scripture, at least the men, you know. They, they, they had gone to temple. They understood all the circumstances and the symbolism of scripture. They understood, they, they knew what Roman tradition was about how the conquering hero would come in on a colt. They understood all of this. And they knew there was a buzz about Jesus, remember? I mean, he, everywhere he went and talked, thousands of people would come, right? Feeding of the 4,000, feeding of the 5,000, know, all of these people. They, they knew who he was. This was not like, oh, it caught him off guard. They heard that he was coming. They were prepped. Because they were prepped that Jesus was coming. And when they saw him coming, riding on this little donkey, they knew exactly what that meant. The proclamation that the king of Israel, <coughs> excuse me, the king of Israel, the promised one, the one who was going to save them from what? Their oppression? Save them from political oppression? Restore the grandeur of who they were, their self-worth, their self, how they identified, was now going to be celebrated? And they got behind that 100%. They were doing everything they could to call out both he is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He is the conquering hero. He's the one that's going to give us exactly what we desire. Because you know that's how God acts. He gives us our heart's desire. No matter what it is, right? No. No. But somehow we think that way. We do it through our petitions. God give me this, God give me this, God do this, God do this, God do this. Think about your prayers. When you go to the Lord in prayer, what is it that you, how do you talk to him? 
How do you talk to the king of kings? The great other that exists out of time and space. The creator, preserver of all things. How do we approach you? Why don't we talk to him about it? Well, Lord, I need money. Lord, I need better health. Lord, I need you to make me feel this way. Now, in, in, in every part, none of those are bad. Because God says in his words that we should share our heart with him. That we should come and talk to him. But the question is, is the approach. How do we approach him? Do we approach him like he's a slot machine? God give me, God give me, God give me. Do we approach him with an expectation that I know what's best for my life, I know what's best for my family, and I know what, what I need, and I need you to give it to me in order for me to feel better, in order for me to have the resources to do what I need to do, and then I will give you praise. How do we approach him? These people were approaching him out of that, I want to say paradigm, but, but that way of looking. That's how they saw their God. God had been silent. God had not spoken to them. And now God is here and now God's going to do exactly what we've hoped for. And so they began to praise him. They tore off their tunics and threw it in the ground. They went over and got palm branches and threw it in the ground. A sign of respect, a sign of praise. And they continued to sing this, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it got louder and it got louder. All the while, Jesus knew. Jesus knew that these individuals, or were the same individuals, that a few days later are going to be crying something else. Crucify. Crucify. The same people that lie in the streets are the same people who flooded the, the temple. The same people who cried out, say, blessed is he who came in the name of the Lord, stood before Pilate, and as Pilate answered, asked the question, what shall I do? Crucify him. How do you get from one place to the next? Because of disappointment. They were disappointed because they thought that this Jesus was going to do exactly what people had been telling them that he was going to do. And he did something completely different. And they were completely taken off guard. Jesus knew that was going to happen. So as he was going through and people were throwing their coats down and throwing the palm breath, what would have been your response if you knew that these people who were shouting, Hosanna, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, no one a week later was going to be saying, crucify him. What would you have done? Would you have accepted the praise? Would you have glorified in it? Would you hope for a different outcome? Maybe they won't cry crucify. What would you have done with that? What did Jesus do? Jesus inhabited the praise of his people. No matter how shallow it was. He reveled in it. He accepted it. Because he knew their hearts were fickle. And had been fickle since the very beginning of time. It's almost to the point, if I, if I stretched it out too far, it would almost say, well, God is willing to accept whatever we give him. And isn't that a pitiful state? He knows our hearts. He knows what we think about. He knows who we trust. 
He knows. He knows every storm that my way would oppose. There's no hiding from his gaze. He sees our intent, but yet he still chooses to be with us. Hallelujah. As dirty and as fickle and as as double-hearted as I am, he still chooses to come and be with me. You know, on the chance that maybe today, maybe today, I'll accept him. Not in for what I think he should be, but before who he is. You can almost hear a foreshadowing thought in his mind as he rode down through the streets. And as the the Levites and the leaders of the temple came and said, tell them to be quiet. Because they know what was happening too. They saw a tectonic tower shift taking place. They were losing power and authority and control over the people. The people were giving at least their attention to this man now and wanting to hear what he had to say because it was radically different from theirs. And they knew the people were walking away and they had to do something to save what was theirs. Because they wanted, to, they wanted to keep Israel great again. I think if a Jesus took the leadership, he'd made all hats for us to wear. But they knew that. And what did Jesus' response to them? No, no. If they don't praise me, the very rocks would cry out. Because I, I'm the creator I created the rocks, I created them. All nature will rise in praise to me because of my authority and my place and who I am. But this foreshadowing thought, what could he possibly have been thinking? Because not just a week later, we hear him. We hear what he says. He actually vocalized what was in his heart at that very moment. Do you know what he said? you know what he did? He hung on the cross. And he said what? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's a thought pattern I think that had been building in him. Expressing this false hope. And he's looking at them and smiling, waving back and forth, knowing what was going to happen. Father, forgive them. This is the environment on that day. But what are the lessons that we can learn from that? What are the lessons that the reason it's been written down in God's word? These are some, just real quick, in summation. Major told me not to take more than 20 minutes. Have I gone over that? Probably. I didn't promise him I would. I said, you don't know. But here are some lessons that we can learn. Well, William Shakespeare said it to us. To thine own self be true. Recognize. Recognize who we are. Understand us. 
understand me. And when I put myself in that complete understanding and I stand before the Holy God, I, it takes on a whole new meaning. I'm almost like Isaiah. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm from a people of unclean lips. Forgive me. I began to recognize who I am. That he is God and I am not. <laughs> He's the one that wrote scripture. I didn't. He is one that laid the foundations of the earth. I didn't. Second lesson we can learn from this. Let's, let's give praise not just because God is doing something that we like. But let's give praise to God every day. Let's recognize what he's doing every day. Let's look for it. <laughs> Let's be able to identify it. And in that, in that, we will find souls. Lesson three. Let's be open to our God who wants to work in our lives and be ready for a surprise. <laughs> Let's be open for God to do something we're not prepared for. That we might even be afraid of. That we might even have shunned earlier in our lives. Let's open a door and say, God, what will you do in this situation? And the last time I spoke to you, I talked about witnessing. Remember? I spoke to you about taking that chance to speak to somebody about who your God is. It could be at the gas station, it could be at the grocery store, it could be wherever you are, but wake up in the morning and say, God, do something incredible today in my life. Give me the courage to trust you to step into my life today. Help me not be so focused on me, but let me be focused on the world in which I engage and bring your hope and glory into it. Remember I told you about the lady I've been witnessing to at the subway shop over there by DHQ. So I walked in the other day to get a sandwich. She goes, I'm so glad you're here. Really, why? And then she began to tell her story. And I said, now, there was like 10 people behind me getting sandwiches. And she says, would you pray for me that I could do this? And then I said, but why? And she began to explain. And now all the people behind me get a little, you know, <laughs> they just want to order a sandwich and get out. <laughs> right? So I said I would. But that only comes after I've built a relationship that I stepped out with her and began a relationship with her. Someone who doesn't look like me, is not my age, doesn't live around me, I don't know anything about, well, I know, I know stuff now. But, but there was a moment when I allowed God to speak to me and he said, speak to her. And I did. These are the lessons that we can pull out of this experience on Palm Sunday. That we worship God all day long and we look to find him every day and we give him glory and other people will notice that we are giving him glory, not just drawing attention to us. That's the lesson. What will you do with it?
Blessed the name of the Lord. His love endures forever. Pray with me if you would. How many just by a raise of hand would say, Major, <laughs> I need, pray for me today that I would allow God to speak to me in a way and lead me this week that he's never led me before. How many just raise your hand and say, open my heart and let me be that way, Major. God bless you. Anybody else? Lord, just bless me. Amen. Father, we come to you and give you praise. We give you glory because you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We come, Father, asking you to know us and that we, Father, would come to know you more and more. Bless us, Lord, as we go through our lives. In Christ we pray. Amen. God bless you today.